Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Believe right here on Sports Business. Uh, every week we try our best to talk about anything in the sports business, sports media field. My name is Fred Wallen. You can email us at sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. And happy to have Tom Hofarth, fine writer for the LA Times and Sports Business Journal and for years for the LA Daily News. And Tom, welcome to the show again. Hey, Fred. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I think I'm doing better than LeBron. Uh, folks, we're taping this on Wednesday about 5 o'clock uh, Pacific time. Uh, of course, LeBron on Tuesday night, they lose to the uh, Clippers. But more importantly, let's get into what he said a couple of weeks ago when General Manager Maury of the Rockets indicated that uh, he was on the side of progress uh, versus uh, the bad side of history. And I think LeBron's on that side at this moment. Is this going to cost him financially? Is this going to cost him as far as... Uh, I don't know, uh, commercialism, things like that down the road? Well, everyone sort of has an investment in China. It's just a matter of how much you want to admit to it. I mean, we have a, an iPhone, right? We have products that are made in China. So, you know, we have some sort of investment in, in what happens there. And when there's a human rights issue, you know, we all want to take the right side of history. We don't want to be left on the ones, you know, remembered as the ones who are of sort of uh, forgetting about what humanity is all about, and and, and 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 business doesn't supersede progress. But you know, in a lot of cases, people can, like LeBron, can make those two distinctions. They can say, "Hey, I can still fight for civil rights and and human dignity," but I can also say, "I I'm a, I'm a businessman." And the NBA seems to be saying the same thing. When Daryl Morey's tweet came out i don't think it was made in any sort of statement of, as far as a business thing goes it was made of you know as as i'm siding on with these people in hong kong who have this right to to express their desire to be free like they were told they were going to be so when the nba took offense to china's taking offense to it it it, it just it, it really kind of took everybody aback and like how can you sort of do that and i think that maybe the thing that's overlooked in the LeBron situation was, he, you know, he kind of it was a little clumsy with how he sort of uh, protested what what Maury said, and Maury didn't quite understand what he was saying. I think what LeBron might have been trying to convey is, hey, listen, we are now in China. You're not. We're in China where they can do whatever they want. I mean. You saw the UCLA basketball team a couple years ago when someone gets, you know, picked up for stealing sunglasses. The Chinese government can do a lot to you, take away your, a lot of your rights. And I think what LeBron was more concerned about was these comments came out as the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets were over there. They could have uh, been in a lot of, you know, situation. They could have been put into some physical harm in some way. So I think that was what upset him more. And I wish that sort of came across more. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it, to me it seemed like that was much more the case that, uh, you know, he, he'd be fine probably coming back and agreeing maybe with Daryl what he said. But when he was there, I don't think he was in any, any situation to sort of, um, you know, uh, feel like he was, any, he was going to be any – anybody was going to protect him. I think he, I, I think he felt a little uh, unsure about what the circumstances were. And, I mean, there was a situation, too, with the, I think the football player. Was it from Bowling Green or, uh, you know, was put in jail for getting in a bar fight? And he didn't, you know, get out of jail for a long time. So, you know, I, it's one of those squeamish things that you can't really – 
say anything, you know, you're better not to say anything until you come back, and then you're better just to say, hey, listen, you know, you had a week or so to prepare a statement, and he came back and he gave this awkward statement that he had to then go um, try to clarify on Twitter, and it just it, it got worse. So then when he's asked about it the next day, he stumbles around and says, well, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Well, it doesn't mean it's going to go away. In fact, it escalated a lot. I mean, you probably saw outside Staples Center there was – uh, a couple people, you know, distributing "I Stand with Hong Kong" T-shirts and giving them out to fans, and some fans even got on, you know, TV and the the scoreboard camera wearing these because it is it's it's not going away. And and it and I wrote a column uh, last Monday about you know whether TNT and ESPN and NBA uh, and and ABC was going to you know carry the story anymore. And Reggie Miller and Stan Van Gundy pretty much said, no, you know, once the games start, people are going to forget about it, but. I think again that's short-sighted because, especially with TNT, they have that you know stellar pregame studio show where those guys aren't <laughs> afraid to talk about anything, and they brought it up. Shaq brought it up and stood with Daryl Morey, and so it's um, it, it'll be interesting to see how this kind of progresses, um, you know, going forward. But I think as long as people have this, this, this the story is going to be buffering in the background. I think with with this whole NBA season. And it's gonna it's gonna uh, spread itself to other sports events because so many of our sports equipment, our sports jerseys and everything, are made in China. You know what? What are you gonna do now? You're gonna have to to switch your business model in a lot of ways. So, you know, we're forcing us to do a lot of things that we, you know, may be uncomfortable doing, but it's still the right thing to do. So, it's one of those stories I think that's gonna be take a lot of interesting turns from here on. I wish you'd come back and made a straight statement that uh, I was talking about. Uh, when we were there, uh, it's not my real yeah. feelings, something like that. I never really heard that. And until I hear that, I think I'm speaking for hundreds, thousands, million. I don't know how many people. It's very hypocritical of somebody who comes off like a guy that uh, cares about the poor and cares about the people that don't uh, have a lot. And, and then he makes a comment like that. So, I mean, I, I, I just think it had he had to he's smart enough to have just retorted or retracted or something when he came back saying, Hey, we were over there. We're worried yeah. about our teammates. And, but yeah. obviously what they, what they're doing to the people in Hong Kong is not right. And I'm on the side of the people in Hong Kong because otherwise he's on the wrong side of history. He's going to be that way. And, and he's done so many great things and we've elevated him to such a position where Michael Jordan never, you know, he got, he right. got criticized so much for not being a, uh, you know, a social civics, right minded people person you know and, and and all these voices you'll think through history of the of the muhammad ali and bill russell and and all these people who are on the right side of history you know lebron probably still will be but he's going to have to clean this one up a little bit too he needs some damage control maybe he can go to kobe Bryant's people and figure out how to get some damage control in this <laughs> hey we're ta- talking to tom hofarth of the la da- daily uh, la daily news. la times <laughs> formerly the la daily news and now uh, the sports business journal which uh, I, I i really enjoy how often do you write for the sports business journal um whenever they need something and it's always kind of a fun topic to do because they give me a lot of space and, and time to do things like uh, i did something actually that was lebron related recently about how athletes are starting their own media companies and it's it's a it's a situation where they take ownership of their own voice you know they leave out the middleman which is the media in a lot of ways and and uh again it's one of those uh dynamics that you sort of have to, to look at today's technology and and things that allow these things to happen and players get their voices and they and they get a stage and a platform and they can control a lot of what they say which again 
it seems to me like LeBron it would be a lot more prudent in, in crafting a statement rather than sort of making it sound like he's just kind of coming off the cuff with what he's saying. So these guys are much more media savvy than I think they, they have been in the past, but they've they still got a lot to learn. I've still got a lot of people who are probably, you know, their handlers who still have to a lot of, do a lot of training with them. <laughs> That's Tom Holforth. I'm Fred Wall, and this is Believe on Sports Biz. You can email us at sportsfred at aol.com, sportsfred at aol.com. All right, since we're talking about the Lakers and the Clippers, whatever, usually if you look at the uh, media numbers on television at the end of the season, you'll see that even if the Lakers are horrible, they'll still have three-quarters of the uh, – they'll have 75% of the viewing audience versus the Clippers. Do you think this year, and again, the odds makers in Vegas have the Clippers winning 54 and the Lakers winning 51. If the Clippers go further than the Lakers, do you think those numbers on Fox might change? Or Still, I mean, this is a Lakers city, a Laker community, but maybe instead of 80-20, it might be 60-40 and the numbers might get closer together on Fox? Well, it, it, it would it seem like they have to, and especially since L.A. has always followed the winner. I mean, the Lakers can always, you're right, they can go fluctuate, and the Lakers are just a walking, you know, drama, whether they're good or bad. And the fact that they have this dynamic duo and, and they pretty much gutted their roster just to get these two guys left, it seems like such a crapshoot. You know, you're, you're really rolling the dice. These two, these two guys are going to be healthy the whole season. But the Clippers are doing the same thing. I mean, they're already starting the season with Paul George being injured, but they still have much a, a much more cohesive team, I think, with, with Doc Rivers. I think that really is what gives the Clippers a, a big edge in this this whole L.A. versus L.A. scenario. And I think that uh, it's unfortunate in some ways that they only play each other four times a year because these are all going to be events. And, and, you know, the next one's on Christmas Day, and then they don't play again, I think, until March and April. But, um, it, you know, I can't think of any other rivalry night you're now in the NBA that's going to be as, as much watched as these two. Um, Golden State, unfortunately, would have, been, it would have been a really nice third person to see, you know, to add to this, uh, the same conference, same division, you know, to see how that would have all worked out. But, but with Golden State being down because of injuries and, and, and uh, Durant leaving, it, it leaves a big hole open. That at least uh, I heard somebody say that at least the Lakers look like a great poster. They're a great movie poster <laughs> right now, but they're still, yeah, maybe they're just a sequel that we just haven't watched yet. You know, it's they they both look like this glamorous spotlights on them, but uh, you know we'll, we'll see how it turns out because the, the injuries really do and the load management. You know how the load management goes, and you know and and and, uh, and uh, how you know you're trying to preserve the guys for the playoffs, but. You know, there's no guarantee of making the playoffs. The Lakers didn't do that, no matter how much load management they tried to give LeBron last year. So it, it's going to make for a week. I think it's a great week-to-week sort of scenario that's going to be measured and measured. And and then once you get to the playoffs, you know, the, how people are going to angle. I think you just got to get into the playoffs because once you get in, everything's, you know, kind of up in the air. Not as much as baseball, obviously, with the Nationals getting to the World Series. But in the, in the NBA, I think there's a lot of room to maneuver in the playoffs. If you can just get there, you know, healthy, I think you're in a great spot. That's Tom Hofarth. I'm Fred Wong. You're listening to Sports Biz on Believe. All right, you mentioned the word hole. Well, I've got a hole on my TV. I can't watch the Dodgers <laughs> nor the Pac-12 because I, I'm stuck with TV. And by the way, they have to have the worst Are you billing. still stuck with DirecTV? They, I won't let them in the house. That's the problem. I, I would switch. And it's no joke. They, they came. No, no, no. They came over twice this now. This is a it's, problem of your own making, Fred. I keep telling you, you got to get rid of that thing. It's like the, a, it's like an ex-wife that's not going to leave you. You got to just close the door and, and and move on. 
Let, let me explain something to you. A couple of years ago, I got this email from uh, AT&T, and they said, I've got to switch from DSL to something called Uverse. I say, okay, I call them, and they're supposed to come, and they come. And the guy tries three hours. He can't do it. He says, I'll, I'll come right back. He never came back, I swear to God. That night at midnight, I get an email from AT&T, and it said, Thank you for joining Uverse. We've canceled your DSL. For one week, my wife and I had nothing in this house. It's no joke. And they come back a week later, I swear. And I was having breakfast sometimes at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I talked to so many people there to get somebody over here. Anyways, finally, a week later, they come. They try again. Same, And this time, he put the DSL back, back on. It was working for like a day. Didn't work after that. I had to wait another two days. So out of 10 days, we had uh, the Internet for one day. So I don't want my wife won't let them in the house to to take back their equipment, and that's no joke about uh, how bad AT and T is. That throw before, it out the window. Throw, okay, throw but, it let, out the window but right. let me state this unequivocally, folks. <laughs> before AT and T bought Directv, I had it since 1994, very beginning. Before oh yeah, it was great. That's what I'm saying. But before AT and T bought it. This is yep. no joke. I probably talked to them three times in the last three months because of their billing inadequacy or in, insanity. I must have talked to 30 different people, and I've spent 30-something hours trying to explain to them, no, I've canceled the NFL Sunday ticket. No, I canceled the NBA ticket. How can you possibly charge me more? Anyways, end of that. Okay, when, if, when do the Dodgers go to beyond Spectrum? Have you heard anything about that at all? No, and I wish there was more talk about at least somebody think if I'm Spectrum at this point, I would want to get rid of this contract because it, it, it brings nothing of value to them or the Dodgers, their partner in this whole thing. And, it, you know, there's so many media companies out there that might want to take this liability and then turn it into something because it, it was mind-boggling me last week when the news came out that DirecTV had signed a deal not only with Sinclair Broadcasting to pick up all those former Spock's Fox regionals, which are yeah. now going to be renamed, but right. they picked up the new Cubs channel. The Cubs have had no distress at all in trying to get on DirecTV, and again, it's part of the Sinclair as part of their ownership group for the channel. So you look at this and you go, "What? You know, is it egos? Is it some sort of a gamesmanship? Is it you know somebody knows somebody did something? Some sort of extortion going on? Some blackmail? I mean, who is?" Who's involved in this? Can we just lock them in a room? And then after a while, you just go, wait a minute. You know, so I, got, I have Spectrum, and right now I'm paying whatever I'm paying a month to get the Dodger channel. And I'm not going to watch the Dodger channel until April, right? I mean, there's right. no, no reason to watch it now. There's no, it's not like they have a partnership with the NBA or an, an NHL team. The Dodgers are sold 24-7 on, this, on their own channel. And... I was talking to a friend of mine. He said as soon as the season ended, he dropped Spectrum and he picked up YouTube TV. And I said, "How's it working for you?" He goes, "It's just it's it's incredible. You know, you you if you've already got Netflix and things, you you sort of are accustomed to how this works. You you just have you know a great Wi-Fi system and you access you know all the shows. You got all the same sports. You got all the same channels you need over the air channels." And, you know, I said, what about DVRing a game? You know, you need, he goes, no, it's all been DVR previously. You just go find it on the menu if you want to watch it. And he, he's, he's, he's happy to an extent to where he doesn't even know if when the Dodgers come back, if he's even going to go back to Spectrum, because you can drop an ad YouTube channel anytime you want. 
So the the way that you know my I have kids that are you know in their 30s and 20s and that's what they do. They don't even you know cord cutting is not even a word because it just is it doesn't make sense to them. So that's what they do in the first place uh, is just is just doing over the top uh, channels. And so many of the other networks are going to have their own over the top channels now that it uh, and it's not just on television too. It's accessing it on your phone. It's accessing it on your laptop. No matter where you are, as long as you have a good Wi-Fi signal. So to me, it seems like that's a much more um, a much more feasible way to go. And and the only thing I've heard is that maybe Dish Network will buy Directv and then you know form the two as one TV partner. And you know, but then there's the, the regulators that say that's a monopoly. But it's like it's not really a monopoly because how many people really need a Dish Network? I guess there is that that system where you know where some people have to have a Dish if you're in a very rural area. Or, or a situation where you can't, uh, you know, use it because of the, where the dish has to be pointed. But um, it, yeah, the dish should be an option. But you know, I, I would think if Dish Network really wanted to buy Directv, that's their problem. I mean, let them, you know, take all that technology and try to make something out of it. But to me, it's just that—that's like 20 years ago technology. I think that the way going forward is much more with the Wi-Fi and the, and the YouTube sort of services and and. You know the accessibility as as you go anywhere because no one seems to be want to be holding to a, a cable or a dish network. You know when when you have these kind of issues when you have changes of ownership that just completely neglect the customer and don't care anymore and and buy it in a big package of purchases. You know for billions and billions of dollars, it's all this monopoly money that you can't fathom who's who's making rich. You know it, it seems like companies don't make money anymore by inventing. Unique things they make money by buying other properties and selling them off, and it's just a, it's it's you know the customer is again left and and is holding the bag, or holding the uh, the broken cable cord and saying who's going to come out and fix it. You know it's just it's it's never going to get better before it's going to get worse. You know as proof of what you just said, Tom Hofarth, uh, uh, Directv lost one of its satellites and it's not going to put one back, so it's pushing no, its. why would they? It's pushing its own people to DirecTV now, DirecTV yeah. now, so they don't have to pay for the technicians and, and things like that. So I think your point is right on. My only problem is I still got AT&T DSL, so I can't yeah. even cut the cord because the bottom line is my DSL stinks and wouldn't get into our televisions you know, throughout the house. So I'm a doomed man as far as uh, television you is are. concerned. But whole you you've been fantastic. Well live in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you've been fantastic again right here on Believe in Sports Biz, and we will definitely do this again. Thank you for appearing today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks, Fred. Tom Hofarth, L.A. Times, Sports Business Journal for many, many years, uh, the uh, L.A. Daily News. Uh, I'm Fred Urinach. You can email us at uh, sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. Thank you, Tom, for putting this together, and we'll see you soon right here on Sports Business Los Angeles. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.